All right, so tonight we're going to start in 2 Kings chapter number 2. 2 Kings chapter number 2, we'll begin reading in verse number 19. We'll get there. This is going through the life of Elisha, and Elisha here is coming upon an uh, impasse here in Jericho. Uh, last week we talked about the, uh, as he was there uh, in, <coughs> excuse me, with the sons of the prophets having issues there, and we talked about that. We talked about the parting of the water, and now we're going to talk about the cure. And what takes place here in 2 Kings chapter number 2 and verse number 19, he comes to Jericho, and Jericho needs some help. Jericho needs something, and uh, so he brings the cure. But, uh, but understand, and I believe this, and it, it, the cure came from God. It didn't come from Elisha. So let's read in verse number 19. The Bible says, And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee that the situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is not, and the ground is barren. And he said, Bring me a new cruise, and, and put salt therein, and they brought it to him. And he went forth from the forth unto the spring of the waters, and cast the salt in there, and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters, there shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. And then he leaves. And then he, the Bible says, verse number 23, And he went up from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going by, up by the way, there came forth the little children out of the city, and they mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald man bald head, go up, thou bald head. Don't make fun of preachers that are bald. And uh, anyway, so we see in verse 24, verse 25, uh, two she-bears come out and attack the children, and uh, because of them mocking and making fun of God's man. But that's not what we're talking about tonight. We're going to talk about uh, verses number 19 through verse number 22 is the cure. Number one, we see the need for the cure. Look at this in verse number 19. What does the Bible say? And the men of the city said unto Elisha, You understand that there were sons of the prophets in, in Jericho, right? We just studied about that. We saw that those sons of the prophets were the ones that watched from afar off. These sons of the prophets were the ones that mocked Elisha, saying, Well, why don't we go look? Why don't we go look for, uh, why don't we go look for Elisha, Elijah? Because he, he's over there on the mountain. Uh, this, is, this is the same group of men that uh, mock, basically mocked Elijah's chariot in the heaven. And so you see these men of the city, they didn't come, they didn't go to the sons of the prophets. Who'd they go to? Elisha. They went to Elisha because they knew that it was the same, Elisha was the one who was going to get done. They knew that the sons of the prophets were not going to get done. They knew that the sons of the prophets didn't have the answer. They knew that Elisha had the answer. Because they had just watched, watched Elisha cross Jordan on dry ground. They just watched all that take place. They understood that Elisha was the prophet of God. And he was the proclaimer of the truth. These men, they sought him out. They needed a cure. 
and they came to Elisha. Now, I will say this, that there are many people today that need the cure. You say, what's the cure? The gospel. But a lot of times today, people don't, they're flocking to churches to try to find the answer. Would you agree? There's churches you crawl, you go, you, you crawl across on Sunday morning, you go to some churches, and the parking lot's full. Because people are flocking to those places looking for the cure. And they'll go to some places and they don't have the cure because they don't teach the cure. And they don't have the gospel because they don't preach the gospel. It's not that they don't have it, it's that they don't preach it. But look, people today are looking for the cure. You say, well, why is not our church full tonight? Because people, you say, well, I thought people are looking for the cure. They are, but they don't know what they're looking for. Because when I got saved, when I got saved, I was raised in church, so I understood what the gospel was way before I ever got saved. I understood what it meant when it when it said that I must confess my sins and I must get saved. I understood that way before I ever got saved. I remember at four years old, I even made a profession of faith that I had trusted Christ when I was four years old, and then later on in life, I doubted that I ever got saved, and then I got it completely secure when I was twelve years old. You say, why? Because I wasn't for sure that I got the head, that I would that if I died I would go to heaven, so I had to get that settled. But I'm here to tell you, Christian, that that every person in this world is looking for the cure because inside of them is a is a is a void that is a God shaped void in their life. And without the cure, they'll never feel it. They'll feel it in drugs and alcohol and, and immorality and all the list goes on, but that doesn't fill the void, it's God. But a lot of, I do believe, I do believe that they, they don't know what they're looking for. Does that make sense? I really do. I do believe that the lost are looking for the cure, but they don't know what they're looking for. They knew what they were looking for. They knew that they were looking for Elisha. Uh, let's continue to read verse number 19. He says, but I pray thee the situation of the city is pleasant. Well, stop. This city is it, it, a pleasant place to live. This city wasn't a wretched place to live. This city was a, a decent place to live. But as my Lord seeth, okay, you can see the city is nice. But if you go back to Joshua chapter number 6, I believe it is. Joshua took it and went into Jericho. Do you remember him going to Jericho? And the Bible says that Joshua went into Jericho, and they marched around the city so many times, and the walls came tumbling down. And then, Jer and then Joshua said, or God said, anybody that rebuilds this city is going to be cursed. Remember that? Somebody rebuilt that city. King Ahab had it rebuilt. And it was cursed. God said, I don't want that city being re rebuilt. But look at this, and the rest of that verse it says, but the water is not. What does that mean, not? It, it was bad. It was polluted. There was something wrong with the water. And the ground is barren. That means the fruit that was, or the trees that were growing and the grass that was growing and the, and the corn that was growing and the wheat that was growing and all the different elements that they grew at that time, they would not produce fruit because the water was bad. It wasn't good to drink. It wasn't good to, it wasn't good to use in your, in, your, in your boiling. It wasn't good to, for nothing. There was something wrong with the water. And then they knew the only place they could go for the cure was Elisha. 
Hmm? Pretty awesome. But they knew that they needed to go to somebody, and that was Elisha. So let's look at the number one. We see the need for the cure. Number two, we see the command to the men. Look in verse number 20. He said, they come to him, and they say, hey, hey, our water's bad. Okay? Verse 20. And he said, this is Elisha speaking, bring me a new cruise and put salt therein, and they brought it to him. Okay? So what was the command? The command to the men was to go get me a new cruise and put salt therein. Okay? Now, every what was the purpose of this command? What was the purpose? Why in the world is he, he telling them what to do? If you will notice, a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times in the Scripture, when there's a promise, normally there's a command to go with the promise. For instance, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not into thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. That is a command followed with a promise. Romans 8.28 says, And we know all things work together for good to them that are the called according to his purpose. So there's the promise and the command. So here's the command. The command is, give me the new cruise and give me the salt. But just as a representation, this salt, what is salt? What does salt do? Salt purifies things. And back before big-time refrigeration, well, how did they keep meat? They salt cured it. They made sure that it was covered with salt because salt preserved things. Salt purifies things. You know, today they say salt is bad for you. But salt is not bad for you if it's not in excess. Salt in excess is bad because it does things to your body it shouldn't do. But the Bible says, ye are the salt of the earth. Us Christians are the salt. We're supposed to purify this world. We're supposed to preserve this world. That's who we are. And so we are the salt of the world. But not only that, but you can look at the, on that aspect, but also look at the aspect of the salt purifies. Salt purifies. What do you mean? Who or what purified me? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, it purified me. Before there was the miracle, there had to be a command. Because he had to see if they really believed that Elisha or God would answer that for them. And then we have the jar. Well, look at that. What does he say about the jar? What kind of jar is it? Or a cruise. What kind of cruise is that, which is kind of like a jar? What kind of cruise did he have to bring? In verse number 20. A what kind of cruise? A new one. A clean one. A pure one. An empty one. See, he couldn't, he didn't want them to go get an old dirty one that was set up on the shelf that had a bunch of dirt in it. He had to have a pure one. 
He had to have one that was, that was clean, one that had never been used before. Because he needed the pureness of that jar, just like Jesus Christ is the pure one, is the clean one. Jesus, when he came to earth, he wasn't dirty. He wasn't an old one that he found on the shelf. He was brand new. He was clean. Jesus Christ was clean. He was pure. 1 John 1, 7 says, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess that confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Jesus did come in the flesh, but Jesus was pure when he came in the flesh. Had no sin in him. Him who knew no sin. So we see the command for the, for the men. Look, there's many times there's a command for men. Look, I, there, there's, there's a command that most people don't like to follow. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written in there, therein. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. The only time success is mentioned in the Bible is when it's tied to this, the Word of God. When we apply our life and meditate on God's Word and do God's Word, He then will give us good success. I want success. The only way we're going to get it is through this, through this work and following that. That is the command with the promise. All right? So number three, the applying of the salt. Applying of the salt. Look at verse number 21. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed. Huh? He healed the waters. How did that take place? The salt and the jar. But look, the Bible says that he cast salt in there. He had one spot he picked to go put that salt in the stream. Where would that be? He had to go to the source where the water was coming from. Where was that source? At the beginning of the stream. So he didn't just go down there and start casting it into the stream. He went down to the source where the water was bad, and he cast it into the stream, and he applied the salt, and that salt purified the water. But it was through the power of God that he put the salt in there, and that salt purified the water. One spot. One spot. We need to allow salt. We need to allow the Word of God. We need to allow us, us, to be the salt in this world. That's what we are. Are we the salt of the world? Yeah. Then we must be the salt. And the salt fits the water. thing that's happening in our countries today is not that we need better politicians. We need better Christians. 
Yes. Yes. He said, I have healed these waters, and there shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So that tells you that there was death going on because of the bad water. But God healed it. And so they needed a cure. We see the command for the men. We see the applying of the salt. And lastly, and I'm done, number four, the proclaiming of the word. Look in verse 21. He said, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Who healed the water? It wasn't necessarily the salt. It was the miracle of God. And so he proclaimed to them, Hey, it's not me. I'm not the one who healed the water. I'm not the one who you need to come to for answers. I'm the one to tell you, He did it. Look, we don't need to look to men. We need to look to God. We don't need to look to men for the answer. We need to look to God for the answer. We want God to do miraculous things. We want God to work a, a miracle in our church. We want God to work a miracle in our homes, in our churches, in our schools, in our government. All of these things. Man is not the answer. That's right. Elisha said, no, 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 no. Thus saith the Lord. Not thus saith Elijah. Not thus saith Elijah. Not thus saith Moses, thus saith the Lord. There was a power in the miracle. And that power came from God. And then there was the permanence of the miracle. What does that mean? It was going to last forever. That, 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 that miracle that took place, that water would never get bad again. Look at what he said. And there shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. Now watch. Verse 22. What does it say? So the waters were healed unto what day? This day. This day. Hey, this day. No more. No more. Was that water going to be disgusting? No more was that water going to be tainted? No more was that water going to be bad? It was going to be cured unto this day. I'm going to read you the scripture and I'm going to be done. John chapter number 10, verse 28. The Bible says, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my father's hand. What a great, what a great promise. That when God saves us, we can never be taken out of God's hand. Uh, John chapter 5 and verse 24. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. What took place? When I got saved, I got the whole thing. I, hey, my salvation ain't going anywhere. The promise of God for my salvation is there. It's sure. We see the cure. We see the need for the cure. We see the command to the men. We see the applying of the salt. We see the proclaiming of the word. Amen.